This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're talking Australian crime stories in this um, this season about, uh, we're looking at the first five episodes of season four. The first episode is called The Dark Side. Uh, a couple of famous former detectives feature in this one, Roger Rogerson and Glenn McNamara. Joining me to talk about the show is the executive producers, the uh, founding partners of the, the Full Box Production House, uh, Jerry Coy and Brian Cockerell. Welcome, team. Hey, James. Good so, to be yeah, here. May, it must be exciting having Australian Crime Stories back on air. Um, tell us a little bit about the dark side. It is a fabulous story. Um, we actually go through the planning. It's a murder completely on CCTV, I think, is the place to start. And it is the... the Probably fo- the most filmed actual murder ever in Australia. Oh, I, would, would, been, I would suggest so because it, it, it covers everything from the planning back almost months before all the way through to um, the taking away of the body. Um, it's Yeah, it, it is the most... It's extraordinary the level of CCTV that was collected by the police in this, uh, in this case is extraordinary and yeah. it captures two former policemen planning and enacting uh, uh, an execution, essentially. Yeah. Now, these two coppers, um, Roger Rogerson, which I guess is, is a, a sort of a household name really these days, but Glenn McNamara, not so much so. Tell us a little bit about him and how did he get involved with um, Rogerson? Uh, Glenn... Glenn was, uh, is, was a detective up at King's Cross that was... Caught in some of the all of the nefarious activities in King's Cross, but he changed the narrative by writing a couple of books that made out that he was in fact uh, the innocent party and was in fact you know uh, the hero trying to bring down um, corruption in King's Cross. But the true story is closer to the fact that he was was basically um, squealed on people before he was caught himself, and then. He sort of drifted into uh, private eye work and that's how he got connected with um, Roger. Well, Roger was actually, they met at a, at a book launch, mm. which is very odd. Were they still in the force when no, they met? No, they they both finished. Yeah. 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 And Roger um, introduced us to Glenn um, because he thought we would be interested in one of his books and maybe working with Glenn on doing a documentary based on some of his stories. So we met Glenn and um, pretty quickly realised that we probably didn't really want to work with him. He was going through a terrible divorce and a horrible time. And well, also because we're in true crime, not fiction. Exactly. <laughs> well, I noticed the um, Adam Shand, who hosts um, your episodes, he referred to the books as modest, modest. selling, which I thought was an, an interesting aside. Mm. Yeah, it's yes. true. Mm. Modest mm. selling. But, yeah, so Glenn, um, and that's the interesting thing too, is after that connection, um, I was also researching uh, uh, one of the episodes, stories from Series 3, which was about the man who uh, got hold of Kerry Pack's gold. And I was actually talking to Roger. Roger knew the guy and was helping me track try and down. track him down. Mm. And then all this stuff happened and Jerry and I thought we're going to get a call from the police because our phones have, we've been talking to Roger, we've been talking to Glenn, we thought we'd be one of the first phone calls made after the whole Jamie Gow thing happened. Right. And uh, Jamie Gow himself is a pretty interesting character and you have a bit of background about him. I think there's a statement from his family towards the end of the episode. Um, Amazing that he gets caught up in this. 
Yeah, look, it's it's, it's kind of a sad story that he really wanted was a you know wanted to be a, a gangster himself and uh, got himself involved in um, activities with the triads and then just got in way over his head with two really serious crooks in McNamara and Rogerson. It's a, it's a pretty terrible story. I mean, some people might not have much sympathy for, for Jamie because of that he was a drug dealer, but as uh, the policeman who was investigating the case, Russell Oxford says in our, in our um, story, um, he could have been anyone's son and, and, and daughter and he did not deserve to just be butchered and shoved into a into a surfboard bag and thrown off in the water at Cronulla. Yeah. The um, now the action happens. The most of the interesting CCTV footage is from uh, the a storage unit in Padstow. Um, <laughs> now, did you film down there? You we actually, did. We yeah. went down to the storage unit, um, and Adam. Yeah, we wandered around and did the pieces to camera. We didn't get into the storage unit. We filmed outside, but someone has taken over the rental of that. So I think it was Glenn that um, had rented this storage facility. No, it was a mate of Rogers. Oh, okay. Had it, yeah, at the time. And they've, so someone else has had it pretty much since this horrible incident that occurred. So we were able to access. It's a very spooky place. Mm -hmm. And and what you, you cannot get across on TV is how close the cameras are to the storage unit. So these two guys knew they were on camera the whole so time. So di- they did know you think? Absolutely. They would have had they, Yeah. Uh, well, we spoke to the people who run the, the storage facility and and both, I think, Glenn and Roger would have both also known that they cycle, the, the, the footage is wiped every 14 days. So I think what Roger and Glenn were counting on was if the body's not found and they get past 14 days, then there's no crime. It's all erased and then yeah. no evidence. But there were so many mistakes from the beginning and the police were onto them so quickly that, you know, everything just tripped them up. And as you watch that story, it's just evidence after evidence after evidence that just catch them along the way. The um, Some some great interviews here. A few few journos turn up in this um, first one and I guess um, Mark Morrie from the, um, the Telegraph. He talks a little bit about. He said he might have almost got too close to Roger Rogerson at one stage mm. and started to feel sorry for him a little bit. I think we all, anyone who has met Roger, understands he has a very great charisma. Um, he's very charming when you meet him. Mm. He is is a sensational storyteller. He holds the court very well. But every time there's that, whenever I we we spent time with him you know that there's a menacing edge to it and I think that's what Maury really discovered. He did. He got too close, just way too close. Another interesting one was that uh, the hammer, Mark Dixon, a, a, a guy from uh, Brisbane who um, who asks Roger to come up and be a speaker at, I think he runs a gym up there or something, he does, and, yeah. and he got him to come up, autograph some books and... And that, that was very, still very vivid in his memory. Yeah, and Roger got the call at his place and cha- the mood changed. So it was obviously a call saying, probably from his lawyer, saying they want you back in Sydney about mm. some kidnapping or murder. It was all very unsure. What the time it was, well, that's the, the wonderful thing of how we're sort of, we tell that story that you're very much in the moment, you know. They're looking for Roger in Sydney but... He's in Brisbane at a, at a boxing match, and then you know you've got we've got the lawyers that are they're on the phone trying to bring him back, and 
you know, it's you're really right in the moment. But yeah, the hammers he he was a, a great person to chat to, and mm. um, um, still feel sorry for Roger. Mm. Mm. I think Adam Shan calls. Uh, I think he's speaking about Roger, and he says he's probably the most evil man to ever wear a police badge in New South Wales. Mm. I think that'd be so, pretty right. Yeah. Yeah. And I should mention now this is the episode with Charles Waterstreets in it too, a, a well-known. Um, Legal figure barrister, isn't he? And um, well, in New South he's Wales. not practicing now. No, yeah. no, <laughs> he's he's having a bit of a rest. Right, but um, he was a, a great get for this because he was uh, initially uh, Glenn McNamara's lawyer in the case, and so brings this extraordinary inside uh, part of the story, the same as um, Paul, Paul Kenny. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, exactly. So you've actually got. Really, the inside story from both lawyers giving us the and giving us either side of the story, if you if you understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Clive Smalls are also in that episode, but oh, yeah. yeah, that uh, Paul Kenny arrives outside Rogers and House, and there's that great footage of with all the news crews there covering live the cops showing up and um, first of all speaking to Roger, then taking him away. Yeah, so, it's it's it is the most extraordinary media scrum. You'll, you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it is extraordinary that, that Roger is, is that kind of a bigger character that an arrest would have that many people there at the time, you know, all shoving a mic in his face saying, did you know, how did you know Jamie Gow? Did you kill him? You know, all, it's just extraordinary. Yeah. I guess I'll finish this little um uh, podcast episode off asking him it's a good time to ask about the relationship with nine because this is where working with nine must really um pay off in terms of having access to their archives yeah um that's our first searched nine but um yeah and they they have given us some unbelievable the nine's archive is absolutely extraordinary and you know you've got especially on these crime stories nine very much cover cover so much uh, true crime and it is an unbelievable history that we go through from some of our stories we're back in the 19, 1980s we've got stuff that's off one inch with reporters standing there at a, at a jewel theft all the way through to the Rogerson stories from from you know uh, from from people like even Mark Burroughs is in some of the stories that he's talking about mm. right so it is nine's archive has been absolutely unbelievable yeah, for phenomenal. us. Mm. Does, it, so does it take a bit of searching sometimes or is it reasonably well catalogued so you can it's find stuff? It's reasonably well catalogued, um, yeah. And actually the senior archivist I worked with when I was at Nine, she was okay. my assistant for a yeah, while yeah. there. So, okay. so that helps too. Yes, yeah. so she's been there 30-plus <laughs> years, worked in many departments. But, um, yeah, so that's been great that, you know, she's up for any searches. Um, yeah, so that's a real, a real bonus that we've got access to their archive. Great stuff. All right. Good. So good hearing about some of the sort of inside stories about the, the making of the dark side. Uh, episode one of season four, Australian Crime Stories.